Good morning. Yeah, let's start off with a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for the message that uh, we're going to listen to today. We pray, Father, that uh, these words are yours and not mine, and that, uh, that they are taken to heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, before we get started, uh, I want to be up front. Uh, today I'm speaking on why I attend church, and uh, it, it kind of started off as a, uh, Pastor Tom and I, we go to lunch once a month. And uh, we were talking about church attendance, and I was just telling him why I attend church. And, and he said, you know, there's a message in there. So uh, next time you give a message, I want you to give a message on that. So don't blame me, okay? And, uh, but uh, to, to be honest, it, it can come across as a little bragging when I'm talking about reasons that I come to church. So in, at the same time, for a pastor to give such a message kind of comes across as self-serving. So, uh, you know, maybe a little grace is in order, Okay. Um, I had a neighbor many years ago, and uh, she and I were talking one day, and uh, I just, I was new in my faith, and uh, she had mentioned that she was a Christian. I'm like, oh, okay, great. What, what church do you go to? And, and she says, I, I don't go to church. And she says, I have found that I can be just as good a Christian and not go to church. And even though I was new in my faith, I kind of thought for a minute, I said, you know, I, I don't think so. I don't think you could be just as good a Christian. And she got a little indignant on me, and, and she goes, what, are you some sort of a legalist? And uh, I said, no, not, not at all. And, I, and maybe you, you might even be thinking the same thing. I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and not go to church, or you have to go to church to be a Christian, or you have to go to church to be a good Christian. I think you can. I just don't think you can be as good a Christian. I think church makes us better. And there's a number of reasons why, and uh, we're going to talk today about why I go to church. Matthew 18.20 says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in, in their midst. So we gather together and God is here. Amen. And that is something, uh, that's something to be celebrated. So uh, shout out to all the dads in the audience. Happy Father's Day. Some of you, uh, yep. And uh, some of you might think uh, Father's Day messages are a, a little bit barbed. And so if I'm going to talk about a subject that applies to men and women, some of the men out there might be thinking, dodge that bullet. But I will say not so fast. Because as husbands and fathers, God has appointed us to be the spiritual leaders of our household. Amen. And how can we be focused on our relationship with God and our family's relationship with God if we're busy watching the game on Sunday? So something, something to think about. Raising up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord is both parents' responsibility. Amen. But it falls more to the dad. So just be, be mindful of that. Stats on church attendance. Uh, Barna Research many years ago did a, uh, a survey. And they were wanting to follow kids from being from kids to adults. How many of them continue in church? And um, it had a very surprising number. If only the moms go to church, the likelihood of kids to continue going to church is 26%, at least initially in, in, in their college years. Uh, if it's just the dads that go to church and not the moms, that number jumps to 49%. See, dads, you have an influence on your kids, more so than you think. So, and if both parents go to church, that number jumps to 72. So, yeah, good numbers there. 
But gentlemen, I would submit to you that if in your household the question gets asked on an ongoing basis, are we going to church on Sunday? I would submit you're already off base. That question did not and does not get asked in my house. We went to church. My kids knew it. Uh, you know, if there was a softball game on Sunday, it didn't happen. We went to church. I think church is important. We, yep. So why do I go to church? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> I hear lots of excuses why people don't attend church. You know, we talked about the game. The game's on. It's my only day to sleep in. It's the only day that I have for just me. I mean, we've heard all these things. I don't have enough time. I'm busy. But one thing to think about, if you don't have time to honor God with just a little bit of your time, then two things. One, you're too busy. And two, God will get his time one way or another. It's kind of like tithing. He'll get his share. If you honor God, I think God will honor you back. You spend a couple hours on Sunday with God, half hour a day in prayer, half hour a day in reading, then I think God will honor your time. I think one less thing will come across your desk. One less thing will break down in your house. I, it's not in the Bible anywhere, but I'll bet you it's between every line if you think about it. I heard, uh, I heard a pastor one time say, I am so busy today, I think I need to spend an extra hour in prayer. Think about that, yeah. So we all, we hear the reasons why we don't go to church. I compiled a list of reasons why I go to church. Here's a real quick and I'll go through it quickly. Uh, one, because it's an act of obedience. Two, because we need to belong to a community of faith. Three, because I'll benefit from being taught and led in worship by others. Four, because I need regular reminders of my standing in Christ because I need help praying, tithing, and fasting, because I need help to face the issues of life and faith as presented through the teachings of the Bible, because I need to hear how believers in the past struggled, grew, and lived out their faith from different perspectives, because I need to hear about the experiences of other contemporary believers, because I need to hear reminders of God's love, because I need an alternative to the constant negative message of a culture that ignores God, because I need to reflect on a on the past week and see it as part of a small journey, small part of the journey of life. Because I need a conscious break from work, family problems, and self-interests in order to concentrate on the Lord. Those pretty much fall into two categories, I think, for the most part. First of all, why do I go to church? Because of what I get out of coming to church. I mean, we all want to get fed. That's why we're here. We need teaching, and we have a gifted pastor which, by the way, he's about halfway through his sabbatical, so we're in the home stretch. But we want to we get deeper faith, and we get that through education and through worship, and we have an awesome worship team. I mean, we really do. We get the benefit of the experience of others who have been down that road before. When I first came to Christ, there were some men that, that really kept me going. And they would share their experiences and, and share with me that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that God will get you through. You know, you're going you're gonna to pass through the fire. You may smell like smoke by the time the dust settles, but, but you'll get through it. 
What I get out of church brings me closer to Jesus. And that's the number one reason why I come to church. I came up with four total reasons to come to church, and I was talking to God about it, and I was saying, so which one's number one, number two, number three, number four? And uh, that's what he shared upon me. So why do I go to church? For what I get out of it. Those that leave churches, though, usually cite something like, I left church because I wasn't getting anything out of it, or I wasn't getting fed. And I guess my question is, if you didn't get anything out of it, what were you giving? I mean, was it just a one-way relationship? Amen. You know, it's, uh, but people leave churches for just about any reason. I heard a, a humorous story of a, of a castaway, the, the stereotypical castaway on a deserted island, and, and he'd been there for years and years, and he had a signal fire just ready to go, hoping against hope that a ship had come by, and after years, finally, he did. He saw a ship on the horizon, he lit the signal fire. The ship changed course and started heading his way, and, and a rescue party came, on, came ashore. And, and they were like, wow, that's fantastic that we were able to save you. And he, said, he was just grateful, and he, and he said, you know, are you alone? And he said, yeah, just me. And, uh, excuse me. And um, he said, well, you, I see three huts. Why, why three huts? And he says, oh, well, this is the hut that I, I live in. I said, okay. And he says, in this hut, this is the one I worship God in. I said, oh, okay. Well, what's with the third hut? And I said, oh, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> you know, so uh, why else do I go to church? The first reason was what I get out of it. The second reason is what I get by you attending. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Don't just think about what you get by being here. Think about what others get by you being here. Dennis Hughes is a really good example of that. Dennis and I go back 22 years. Dennis was one of those men that really kept me on my feet. And if I come to church, it's a good day. If I come to church and Dennis is here, it's just a little bit better. So I get something out of you guys being here. I get something out of interacting with you. Um, Maxine, well, remember Maxine? Yeah. Yeah. Maxine was a sweet lady. The first time I came here to this church, I had, uh, there was a, a, a schedule conflict in my head. Uh, I had promised a friend that I was going to go on the hog breakfast ride, uh, Harley Owners Group, so it was a, a motorcycle ride, and they go to breakfast. And I, I gave him my word I'd go with him that week, thinking it was Saturday. It wasn't. It was Sunday. And I told my wife that we were going to come check out this church. So I told her, I said, well, you, you go on with the kids. And, you know, I gave, I gave Bob my word. And, um, you know, we'll go again next week and check it out if you think it's good. Well, usually we go out of town and go for, you know, distance. And, um, you know, it gets over around 11 o'clock noon. And this particular day, it was a short ride. They stayed in town uh, or, or near town, and breakfast was in town, and by the time I got finished, it was 10.30, and I'm looking at my watch, I'm going, I can still make church. So, so I drive in here, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm hanging around a bunch of surly bikers, so I was dressed the part. I mean, I was in Levi's and leather, and I had my motorcycle boots and leather jacket, bandana, I had chains on my vest, and, and um, anyway, I come walking in about halfway, or, halfway through worship, and it was right about that break where they say, you know, go give someone a hug that you don't know. And Maxine turns around, 95 pounds soaking wet. She just turns around and looks at me. She gives me a big old hug. She goes, I'm so glad you're here. I got something out of that. 
that day. Maxine gave me something. And, and I remember it like it was yesterday, even though it was 11 years ago. And so Maxine gave me something for, for her being there that day. And uh, it definitely told me that uh, you can come as you are Amen. to this church. Amen. Let's see, where am I? Human beings are social creatures. Yeah. We are. Yeah. We're going to socialize one place or another. Most people will. Some people are, are hermits, but... But people like to socialize. What better place to socialize than here at church as opposed to what? A bar or Facebook? This is a better place to be. And as a group, we can accomplish a lot. Uh, you know, the men are, we, we do things with Church Without Walls. In fact, in two weeks, we're going we're gonna to be putting up one of Pastor Ben's tents. Can't do that by myself. I need a group of people. The wings, the women's group, they do... Uh, you know, the chemo packages we talked about today, they do prayer shawls. Uh, a friend of mine, his mom died, and while she was uh, dealing with cancer, they gave her a prayer shawl. And a good Christian woman, but she kept that prayer shawl with her till the day she died. And those are things that are tough to do by yourself. As church as a whole, we'll go to Juvenile Hall or up to Camp Owens, and you know, we'll be dealing with 120 boys and girls that need to know the love of Jesus. That's tough to do that by myself. As a church as a whole, we can do that. And we encourage each other. Matthew 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. God didn't save you just to be saved. If accepting Christ was your only list of things He had for you to do, then as soon as you... As soon as you became a Christian, God would have just miracled your keister into heaven. He's got things for you to do. And encouraging one another is definitely high on that list. We are to be a positive influence to one another. I, I heard this story. Um, a pastor had heard one of his parishioners was going about announcing to one and all that he would no longer attend church services. This rebellious parishioner was advancing the familiar argument that he could communicate with God just as easily out in the fields with nature as it's instead of his setting of worship at the church. One winter evening, the pastor called on the reluctant member of his flock for a friendly visit. The two men sat before the fireplace, making small talk, but studiously avoiding the issue of church attendance. After a while, the pastor took the tongs from the rack next to the fireplace and pulled a single coal from the fire. He placed the glowing ember on the hearth, and as the two continued their small talk, the coal quickly ceased burning and then turned ashen gray, while the other coals in the fireplace continued to burn brightly. Then the pastor grabbed the tongs, placed the now cool coal back in the fire, where it promptly started to glow again and catch fire. The pastor's message was not lost on the parishioner. After a long pause, he turned to the pastor and said, I'll see you at church on Sunday. You know, we need each other. Amen. And not just the coal didn't need the fire. When the coal was burning, it was making the fire hotter. We need each other, and we help each other, and we hold each other accountable. Being part of a church that is something greater than all of us collectively, that's the number one reason why I attend church. I went to a friend's house one time. He, uh, he uh, likes to sleep in. I was visiting, and uh, I told him I was going to make some pulled pork, so I stole his car and uh, went to the store and picked up, a, picked up a pork shoulder, 
looked, found his knives and started to, to trim. And uh, you ever deal with a dull knife? I mean, dull knives are dangerous. And I grab the knife, and I start to slice, and, and nothing happened. And I'm thinking, oh, silly me, I have the dull side down. And I looked, I go, no, I've got the dull side up. That's, oh my gosh. I mean, the knife was so dull. It wasn't even funny. And I looked around for a knife sharpener, couldn't find it. Managed to get through it, but a dull knife is worthless. So how do you sharpen a knife? Well, there's a couple ways. You can, well, there's, there's three, really. You can just leave it in the drawer and say, knife, sharpen thyself. Which is pretty much what he'd been doing the previous 10 years. Nothing came of it. So, and I was looking around for a, a, a honing steel and didn't find it. But, you know, iron sharpens iron. So, you know, you grab your, your, your honing steel and you sharpen it. And this is like us. This is like me interacting with you guys. Okay, I get, I get a little bit sharper when I rub off on you guys. But then we have our pastor. And he's like the whetstone that really puts an edge on it. This aligns the edge. That's what this does. But this is really what makes it sharp. So if you think about it, with our pastor's teaching and us rubbing up against each other, we can become an extremely useful tool in the right hands. Iron sharpens iron. But that's not the only reason why I come to church. I would suggest a third reason. So why else do I go to church? Because of what God gets out of my attendance. God gets my worship. God has taken away my justice. And he has given me mercy and grace. I deserve death, and he's taken that away and given me a future in heaven. Church is my way of showing God how much I love him and how much I appreciate what Jesus did on the cross. John 19.30 says, Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He said, It is finished. The word he used was tetelestai. And that term has always bugged me. To me, for years, I, I read it as defeat. It is finished. You know, you killed me. And it wasn't until I dug in and really started learning what tetelestai means. It does indeed mean it is finished, but it's more of a financial term. It means the transaction is over. It's complete. The debt is paid. In one word, Jesus wiped away all of my failures. Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe because I owed a debt I could not pay. There's a word that we sing in church occasionally. It's on the radio quite frequently right now. It's called, So Will I. Uh, Christina Ingalls spoke on it uh, a couple weeks ago, and she was going through some of the words. And, um, but there's one verse that just really, really gets me. And uh, I'm not going to sing it. You're welcome. But it goes, uh, it starts off with, uh, or about kind of in the middle, it goes, God of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill you created, the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die. 
And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Where you lost your life, so I could find it here. And if you left the grave behind you, so will I. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures of mine disappeared. Wow. God is good. Pastor Tom once spoke on the parable of the sower and the seeds. And uh, you're probably mostly familiar with it. I've spoken on it before, but um, what, what Pastor Tom said really struck a chord with me. And uh, there's the four types of soil. You've got, uh, you've got the rocky soil, uh, the shallow soil, the weed-infested soil, and then the good soil. And we all want to be the good soil. And um, Tom said something that just, just really, really kicked me. And it applies to me equally. He, he said, as, as, as do I, ladies and gentlemen, I am not the good soil. I'm not. I can be hard and calloused. I can be shallow and weed infested with all of the distractions of the world. But God takes my heart and he plows it and he makes my soil good. My worship is all I can do to show him how much I love him and appreciate what Jesus did for me on the cross. And that's the number one reason why I come to church. So why else do I go to church? Well, because I get to. And some can't. Some, some don't, get that, don't get that privilege. I was leaving my house one Sunday, and a neighbor of mine saw me walking out to the driveway, and I had my Bible in my hand, and he said, hey, Dan, got to go to church? I said, no, I got to go to church. And he's like, come again? I said, I don't have to. I get to go to church. And he said, yeah, I never really, never really thought of it that way. Excuse me. I refuse to take for granted that I get no penalty to do something that people, other people cannot and have to risk so much for. Uh, I've got a video that we're going to show and uh, then I'm going to finish up. There's a true story of a small village in India. And in this village, there was this family that came to a saving faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. This agitated the village so much and everybody became so upset that an angry mob gathered and shoved them into the public square. The village chief confronted them and he said to the man, if you and your family will not recant your faith, you all will surely die. The man didn't know what to say or what to do. And so the only thing that came to mind for him were the words of a song that he himself had composed when he had first surrendered his life to God. And so he began to sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And with that, horrifically, his children were killed. 
I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. He was given another chance, this time with his wife's life on the line. And yet he continued to sing, Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. After her tragic death, he was given one final opportunity, this time to save himself. And yet he continued to sing. Even though that man and his family died on that day, something remarkable happened. A seed was planted in the heart of that village chief, a seed that began to grow over time and eventually he called the community together in that very same neighborhood, in that very same square, and he renounced his former faith and declared his allegiance to Jesus Christ. And a celebration broke out in that moment and the gospel began to flourish and to grow in that community, not just in that village, but across the whole region. Because they had seen real faith and they knew the true character of God because of a family that believed and sacrificed even under the penalty of death. saw that video on Facebook, and uh, so therefore I knew it wasn't true. Because, you know, how do you know if something's not true on Facebook? <laughs> it's on Facebook. But actually, uh, I did some research, and that is a true story. The guy that wrote that song was from India, and uh, was killed, as was his family. And a, an, a, an outbreak of the gospel came of that. And thousands upon thousands of people came to Christ. So, why do we go to church? Because I get to. Amen. 
Some pay huge prices. Death, beatings, ridicule, uh, disavowment of a family. Heard of that happening? I, I refuse to take for granted what I can do so easily and what so, people, so many people would risk so much for. Just be, you know, some people, just because some people would want to stay home and sleep in or go golfing. You know, I love riding my motorcycle. I ride my motorcycle to church. Jesus said, take up your cross daily and walk. And we can't even get out a couple hours early to come to church. I go to church each Sunday, not because I have to, but because I get to. And that's the number one reason why I go to church. Amen. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for church, that we can come together and we can learn and we can strengthen each other and we can worship you. Father, we thank you for that and these people that are up here on the worship team as they lead us into a closer relationship with you. We ask all this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.